This is a Suno India production and you are listening to Indian Economy Explained. India is one of the few countries in the world which spends just over 1% of its GDP for health. The National Health Policy 2017 had promised an increase in budgeting to at least 2.5% by 2025. As a bid to bridge the gap of India's poor healthcare in 2018, India launched the Ayushman Bharat scheme providing insurance to the poor in the country, covering approximately 40% of the population. The scheme provided benefits of rupees 5 lakh per household in a year. This scheme though has been underutilized and has not made health more accessible to people. India is also struggling with the health related human resources of doctors, nurses and other healthcare workers. For example, the doctor population ratio in India is 1 is to 1456 against the WHO recommendation of 1 is to 1000. This lack of both human resources and infrastructure is apparent in the way the country's administration is struggling to handle the COVID-19 pandemic. It's important to understand the role of health economics in the country and health budgeting. to understand the current crisis we are in. Hi, I'm Kunika Balhotra, Research and Communications Officer for Suno India and your host for this episode of Indian Economy Explained. To understand more about the economic approach to handling the inequalities in the healthcare sector in the country, I reached out to Deepa Sinha. Deepa is an assistant professor of economics at the School of Liberal Studies, Ambedkar University, Delhi. Could you start by telling us the role of health economics in the country and what role do health economists play in shaping a region's health budgeting? Um so it's not just health economists there's a whole team of people who are required to understand what the uh, health situation in any area is uh, in terms of what the disease burden is what kind of healthcare is required and as we know health outcomes do not depend only on uh, medical uh provisions but also there are social determinants in terms of nutrition sanitation health and so on so you need a whole team of uh, professionals beyond the medical uh, professionals to understand the situation of health in any area and then to decide what kind of resources are required economists play uh, the role in this of uh, whenever there are scarce resources which is always the situation on how best to allocate those resources to achieve uh the best solutions keeping efficiency as well as equity in mind uh so in a country like india i think although uh, i don't think the budgets in india are made by health economists at all it's completely a political process uh and neither is it decentralized but ideally in a country like india which is so diverse uh we should be doing decentralized health planning and then the budgeting would be related to that uh planning and then there there the role of health economists as part of that team who are doing the decentralized health planning uh, would be very important yeah uh, so can you also explain the major historical developments in relation to healthcare in our country and how it relates to health economics yeah so again um, there's a long history of uh, how the healthcare has developed in our country uh it started with the bore committee pre uh, just the 1948 report which was actually a very comprehensive model for what healthcare provision in india should look like and it talked about uh, preventive promotive as well as curative care and from the primary to the tertiary level and it visualized a healthcare system which would be universal and publicly provided by the state 
uh, where there would be primary health centers uh, which are accessible to people right at the ground for basic healthcare needs and then that's how any health system is supposed to be there it also visualized a cadre of government healthcare uh, workers uh, and gave details about in terms of population to doctor ratio nurse ratio and uh, uh, health center ratio what needs to be there in some ways uh, it was a very comprehensive vision and it was close to something like the national health system that the uk uh, has uh, but the bhore committee report was never implemented uh, in our country in its full uh, and in fact in the initial period the focus uh, of the health system was largely on family planning and also on certain vertical programs like uh, initially smallpox eradication and then tb and so on uh, as you might know health is also a constitutionally a state subject in our country uh, so there have also been uh, quite a diversity in terms of how efficient government health systems are in various states uh, post the 91 reforms and post 93 uh, there was a world bank report also on health Uh, you see that there is more and more privatization in health across the world in india as well and uh, no regulation of the private sector and a steep rise in the growth of the private sector as the main provider of uh, health care is also something that you see in india as well where there is a complete shift uh, both now in inpatient as well as outpatient care where more people both in rural and urban areas uh, get their health care from private sector Uh, and not from the public sector and related associated with that we see an increasing uh, burden of out of pocket expenditures as well uh, so from starting off with a vision for a publicly provided and financed healthcare system what we uh, ended up with is a weakened uh, public health system and a growing private sector uh, which uh, by its very nature is not equitable in the way it provides services right so also ma'am could you tell me what are the key macro principles of health budgeting if you could explain with examples of our health budgets so again in terms of the see one thing where we uh, have to begin and which is why i say within economics health economics is a separate discipline economics is studying demand and supply and costs and benefits and pricing in most of uh, what it does uh, one of the reasons why it's a separate discipline is also because of the understanding that health is unlike all the other goods and services that we are talking about and it's unlike uh, other markets that the usual assumptions that one has for say a market for a toothpaste or a soap or uh, a car those assumptions do not hold when it comes to healthcare uh, markets fail markets fail for a number of reasons i can't uh, go into all of that but on the one side that market uh, does not ensure an efficient allocation of resources when it comes to health and also that there it is a merit good it's something that is desirable it's a right uh, you would like everybody to have access to uh, adequate healthcare irrespective of their ability to pay uh, and therefore that's where the role of the government comes in and the role of budgets then come in on how what is the role that the state plays uh, in providing healthcare and through experience also across the world it's very clear that you cannot leave the provision of healthcare to the market uh, it has to be provided by uh, the state and of course they could be debated on what the best model is should the state only finance it or should it finance it as well as provide it in the sense of employing doctors running hospitals uh, and so on but after a number of committees at the national level as well as well as uh, who and so on there is now a sort of benchmark that around 3% of the gdp is what a government should be spending on 
uh, public health spending on health should be around 3%. So for me, whenever I look at the health budget in India, that is where one would begin with. Are we meeting that goal at all? And there we see that for years now, India's public health spending has stagnated around 1% of the GDP. It goes 0.9 to 1.2 is where uh, is the region in which it has uh, stagnated and that is really low even compared to a number of countries which are per capita income wise lower than india or around uh, what india is so uh, to begin with when you look at health budget in india this is the first most striking thing uh, is that you're spending so little of course then there are things about what is it the government spending on on which level of healthcare, how is it distributed across states, public, private, and so on. But even if we get before we get into any of that, uh, the main concern in India is that the total spending itself is so low. And even if you look at the most recent budget, which is after almost a year of COVID, this continued that as a proportion of GDP, the health spending still remains extremely low. And uh, the national health policy of uh, our own government had set a target that by 2025, we would reach 2.5% uh, of GDP. We are nowhere close to that. That means we have to double our health spending, uh, uh, which obviously won't happen in one year. Every year you have to incrementally spend and reach that. And we have not been incrementally uh, increasing health spending. Uh, also, what is the economic approach to handling the inequalities in health and healthcare? If you could explain with some examples. Again, like I was saying, when you leave it to the markets, then uh, it is based on ability to pay. And then uh, you know that the ability to pay, there are a lot of inequalities in that because of various economic and social inequalities that already exist in society. So we know that the poor find it more difficult to access healthcare than the rich. If you have to pay for it, obviously, uh, as a proportion of incomes, the rich are able to afford uh, better healthcare. Similarly, you have other kinds of inequities that exist, geographical, social, uh, Dalit Adivasis, for various reasons, have poorer health outcomes. So again, the role for economists here, uh, like anybody else working on public health, would be firstly to understand what these uh, social determinants are, uh, what are the inequalities that exist. And uh, that's where I think the approach that comes in is that while you have universal uh, services, it's also about proportional universalism in the sense that, uh, say, I'll give you an example. For example, if your norm is that every... 30,000 population must have a primary health center, it can't be the same norm for all parts of the country for all kinds of populations. So in areas where there is a greater concentration of say Adivasi uh, populations where the health burden uh, is larger because of uh, higher malnutrition and so on, you might need more number of health centers. You might need a different sort of uh, design because there's smaller um, villages or scattered hamlets and so on. So these are the kind of things that needs to be worked out. Hilly regions would need a different sort of uh, system, uh, uh, an area which has a higher burden of, say, diseases like diabetes and hypertension would not have the same investments uh, that need to be made as an area which has a higher burden of, say, tuberculosis or malaria. So these are all the things also that you would have to look at when you're talking about inequities. And the main uh, purpose, again, would be to ensure that the system is within reach to the most marginalized for every uh, kind of health service that they require. Right. Also, ma'am, in 2018, uh, the Ayushman Bharat Health Scheme was launched by the government, which offers financial protection up to 10.74 crore to poor and rural families and identified occupational categories of urban worker families. 
could you tell us how the scheme works and what are the other health insurance schemes available for the rural and urban poor in the country uh, so under the ayushman bharat you have the pradhan mantri jan aarogya yojana the pmjay uh, under which 40% of the population the poor are eligible for this insurance of up to 5 lakh rupees for the household for a for a year so this is the first barrier to be part of the scheme is that you have to be within that 40% which is based on the socio economic caste census which was conducted in 2011 so based on the sccc census there is already a pre identified list of poor people if you are in that list then you are eligible for this uh, you get a smart card uh, ideally you are supposed to go to any of the accredited hospitals under this uh whether private or public there is a list of accredited hospitals and you get cashless treatment and the amount that is debited from your entire 5 lakhs there are packages that have been made for depending on different kinds of illness the main problem i would say two main problems with this uh, kind of a scheme is first that it is targeted so it is only for 40% of the population and india all we've had this history of uh, targeting errors difficulties in identifying the poor which would apply for this Uh, as well and the second also by design itself uh, this is a flawed approach to addressing the problem of uh, access to health and out of pocket expenditure in our country uh, because uh, this insurance uh, kind of a scheme is it, it covers only hospitalization expenses that is if you are admitted in the hospital then you get this insurance for the packages but if you have any kind of an illness so say if you have a viral fever if you have a malaria where they don't admit you but you are having to go repeatedly to get tests uh, you are buying your medicines and so on these are not covered in this and the data shows that two thirds of the out of pocket expenditure in india is outpatient expenditure which is not included in ayushman bharat uh, at all Uh, there are a number of other problems related to insurance-based uh, schemes uh, as well, and if you again uh, look at globally the models of healthcare which have been more equitable, uh, they have been models where the state has directly provided health services rather than these insurance-based schemes, which uh, end up being avenues for profits for the private sector more than actually uh, allowing access to healthcare for the larger mass. So you, we have to actually shift our attention to first. uh providing comprehensive healthcare from the primary level to everybody that should be our uh, focus which was uh, kind of the focus of the national health mission but it's not being given enough uh funds and that is not something that has been strengthened right so like you mentioned out of pocket payments so one of the main challenges in health system is mostly out of pocket so could you tell us what should be done by the government for these expenditures so like i was saying out of pocket happens uh, why it happens mainly because there is a problem in access to healthcare uh, and then people obviously when you fall ill you will go to wherever you can get healthcare and it, there is again there is this uh, information asymmetry where you don't know uh, health is such a thing that we know i know that i have a cold but i don't have the i am not able to diagnose why i have a cold and what it means if it's persistent i need a specialist i need a doctor or a nurse to be able to tell me and help me if the government free system is not available then i will go and try and approach whoever is able to provide me that care uh, in india it's often the private sector and you have a range in the private sector the private sector is not a homogeneous sector from the rmp or the bengali doctor at the uh, ground level to huge now even multinational uh, or foreign invested big private corporate hospitals we have the entire range 
uh, and uh, the main issue of out of pocket expenditure is precisely this that uh, public health services is not freely available everywhere uh, even where public health services are uh, partly functional or available and people go services like uh, free medicines uh, laboratory testing all these kind of things people are still having to uh, pay for so all of this adds to the out of pocket expenditure and like i was saying two thirds uh, of that out of pocket expenditure is uh, on out of uh, on outpatient care and of the total health expenditure in our country about 62% is out of pocket which is again one of the highest in the world in most countries in the world and even more so in the advanced countries health expenditure it does not happen out of pocket most of the health expenditure either happens through uh, the government spending or through insurance which is usually employer provided uh, because there is so much formal sector employment but in our country with such a wide informal sector most people are not working in kind of jobs which gives them uh, health insurance and so on so the health insurance schemes that we have is the one scheme that we just discussed like the ayushman bharat uh but that like i said covers only inpatient uh, care and only for 40% the other schemes we have are like the esi the employment state insurance uh scheme uh which is a good scheme but again covers a very small proportion of workers who are basically within the formal organized uh kind of sector and then you have things like say the cghs for central government uh, employees which is very good but that, those standards are applied for a very small um section of uh, the uh, of the society so if for out of pocket expenditure being uh, addressed i think the primary thing is to take health to the people so we need to have uh, a public health system which is uh, much more strengthened and which is decentralized which is there at the local level and we must also remember that health is not just about hospitals and doctors and nurses there is a lot Uh, what is called social determinants so along with health the the efforts to reduce the disease burden as well through better nutrition through water through sanitation first of all people should not be falling sick ill so much and then when people fall ill they should be having access to free care close to where they live also ma'am apart from the out of pocket payments what are the other existing challenges in the healthcare system in our country so big challenge in uh, healthcare system in our country is one of access it's that uh, that it is not a right and it is not evenly distributed even now if you look at healthcare facilities uh, the urban areas have most of the uh, hospitals uh, and it's concentrated around and that is because it is uh, mostly private sector led and the private sector will go only where people can where they can make profits uh, and therefore people have the money to buy the healthcare there are large pockets of the country where people have to walk or go on the bus or wherever for for miles before they reach a decent health facility where they can access healthcare we do have the entire system of uh, anms ashas uh, at the community level and that is very important i think that's where we have to begin and we have to strengthen but there are huge vacancies as well so from the anms to primary health centers sub centers everywhere we have within the public health system we have large number of vacancies uh, so human resources in health is a big issue their conditions of work is a big issue they are not paid adequately uh, most are now employed on a contract basis uh, and when i say access also access to medicines access to tests 
all of these are very difficult to combine and we are seeing it now in this second wave of covid every day in the news uh, about uh, not having sufficient oxygen and various other medicines and this is in big cities like delhi and mumbai so one can only imagine what the situation is in rural areas and in so many other uh, kind of these kind of incidents highlight the situation like say the encephalitis in uh, bihar a few years back or in up it tells us the shortages and the gaps in the system that there is not enough institutions in institutions there are not enough human resources uh, they are not uh, well uh, paid and well trained and all the other kind of infrastructure that you required in terms of medicines diagnostics there is a huge short supply and all of that links to what we were talking about earlier about not having sufficient investment uh, in health also ma'am can you give us some examples of developing countries which have robust health systems and related to principles of health economics or budgeting so if you look at the budgets and so on india is one of the worst right if you look at the proportion of health spending uh, public uh, health spending uh, as gdp we are really in the bottom there are only a few countries below us and those are really war torn uh, countries which are below us. so the countries uh, which are also developing countries like say uh, sri lanka thailand uh, vietnam cuba these are states uh, brazil these are all countries which have been able to put in place public health systems uh spend sufficient amount by the state and do what i have been saying that you have you don't focus on any one particular level of healthcare it's not only tertiary hospitalization care but starting from uh the ground level onwards at every level primary secondary tertiary having a community uh level health system uh, again where it is publicly provided and universally accessible i think these are the principles uh that have worked everywhere that it is any everyone is eligible for every health condition for all uh the expenses that are uh, involved and we have a number of examples and we must actually look into examples within india as well of tamil nadu of kerala these are states also which have made huge investments into their own health systems and this uh we then see uh, the difference in the outcomes tamil nadu has the least out of pocket expenditure uh, on health in our country it also has uh, some of the best uh, outcomes in terms of infant mortality maternal mortality and so on so everywhere it's basically this principle that the government has to spend and that they have to provide Uh, according to you what could be done by the central government and the state governments to ensure equitable efficient and effective public and private health care services in the country first thing they need to do is they have to spend more uh, and here i would say that although health is a state subject and therefore if you look at the major component of health spending it happens in state budgets uh, currently but given the state of state finances i think as far as the money goes it really needs to come out from the central government Uh, as well uh, the central government has to push in terms of how much more investment is going into health first second initiatives like the national health mission was a very good start and we did see it have an impact uh, in health outcomes those need to be strengthened even more under the national health mission there are the indian public health standards which tell you at every level uh, like how many nurses should a sub center have what what is the staff that the phc requires we need to achieve all those standards that we have set for ourselves so filling vacancies uh, in uh, human resources training them and providing all these all the other kind of infrastructure is something that needs to be uh, immediately done along with this uh, also i would again like to add that it's not just about curative uh, services 
but also the preventive and the health promotion services are equally important. So the community health workers, the ASHAs, the Anganwadi centers, strengthening them, addressing the problem of malnutrition, uh, sanitation, hygiene, all this will go a long way in actually improving uh, people's uh, health levels as well. Along with this, what is happening with the private sector is also something that needs to be seen. Private sector in today's time is a huge player, and um, but regulation is very important. Like when we started our conversation, we talked about failures in health markets. Uh, it cannot be left to function on its own. And this is again seen across the world. It's not something unique to India and being said here. But what is unique to India is this free play for everybody. Uh, you need to have some uh, level of regulation in the private sector. And again, there are uh, attempts for that. There is um, the regulation bill, which has not been passed by many states yet. So there are a number of things that need to be done uh, to regulate the private sector, to regulate also the medicine prices and so on. So private sector has a role to play. And I think uh, they've been playing positive as well as not so positive roles. But it has to be under this broader plan for an equitable health system uh, in which uh, the private sector is also regulated and it has to be people over profits when it comes to health. Do you want to say anything about how health economics relates to the pathetic level of health preparedness in the country with respect to the COVID-19 second wave? Um, so when we're talking about health budgeting and uh, health expenditure and so on, uh, it's also now finally uh, in the news also because of the current situation of the COVID and the second wave. But what this whole situation also highlights to us or hopefully uh, teaches us as lessons is the importance of public health. So what I've been saying that it's not just about the curative services, but actually having a health system which is comprehensive, which is thinking about prevention, promotion and cure. So you need a whole public health cadre. We need to have disease surveillance. Like the second wave, everybody was saying second wave was coming, second wave was coming. How come we, there is no preparation? How come we seem to be back to last April uh, with 20,000 times more the number of cases, uh, but the same health infrastructure, right? And all this needs to be thought out. Uh, and hopefully we will uh, emerge, what will emerge out of this crisis is this kind of a public health approach. It's not about the individual patient and their symptoms and what medicines they require, which is which is important, which is what doctors do. But that's not everything that that is not all. As far as the health system is concerned, it's much more. There is the social and the economic uh, and the medical there. And so you we need a public health approach. And hopefully that is what comes out of this. So along with investments, a more comprehensive as well as decentralized approach to the provision of healthcare, uh, and that this is urgent. This can't be uh, over the next 50 years. We know what needs to be done and we can do it. Many other countries have done it. So it's time that I think India does it as well. Please rate our podcast and leave a comment if you like it. Underreported and underrepresented stories can become mainstream only if it reaches more people. So please support us by visiting our contributing page on our website sunoindia.in or follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram.